Perfect. Perfect. What's up, guys? It's episode 50 of Beers in the Lot. We kind of bounced around a little bit this episode, but uh, we talked about the uh, Hurricanes and Nadelchik. Ned and a few other contract topics uh, regarding free agency and drafts and all that stuff. We also talked about the concept of playing big. Even though your frame may not be that big, you can still be big on the ice. Let's get to it. Let's open beers. So unprepared. I don't have my glass. What the fuck? (laughs) Aaron and I are team can. Team can tonight. Mm-hmm. What are you drinking over there, Aaron? I am tapping the Rockies tonight. The mountains are blue. It's Coors Light for me. How about you, Don- John? I am drinking from Rogue Brewery, the American Lager Dreamland. Perfect can art. So that was a that was a can art selection. <laughs> Won't even lie. Rogue <laughs> makes good stuff, but still. Danny, what are you drinking this evening? Now they got a glass. Uh, drinking Magic Hat Brewing Company, uh, number nine. It's been around for a while, and I haven't had it in a long time. It's still really fucking good. What are you drinking, Riggs? I think I had this on here before. It's in the Trogues, uh, summer 15 pack, but the lime and raspberry tart ale. It's a lot like a sour, but it's not a sour. Pretty good. Sounds good. Yeah, it's nice. not bad. It's refreshing considering it's been like, Hundred degrees outside with humidity. Oh, it was fucking brutal today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was brutal last night in the parking lot. Oh. You walk out of the rink and it's like a <laughs> soup. It's like eighty yeah. percent humidity. Uh, it's terrible. I I almost couldn't eat those three tacos out of the party pack. <laughs> <laughs> almost. <laughs> so what are we going to talk about tonight? Because. <laughs> uh, we can talk about how those degenerates, <laughs> those degenerates in Tampa, busted the cup. Eh, that's about uh, it. We, I thought we already, like, I thought we already did that. We kind of did. We, I, I don't know if we said anything about it or not, but it's kind of old yeah. at this point too. Like, that was like it's old news a month ago. Pat Maroon <laughs> even shaved his beard already. <laughs> Andy, Andy pissed news. his pants. Oh yeah. Well, well, that's every yeah. day. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, what day is it? I feel like he acts <laughs> yeah. like that kid that kid from like Ricky Bobby during the championship parades. He goes, he's like, someone yelled at me because we won and I sat all day in my pissy pants. Like the little kid from Ricky Bobby. Just, 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 just walking around in his pissy pants. <laughs> but really, like, yeah, that's on, that's done. Expansion draft kind of went, what, like everyone expected. Seattle was sensible, drafted a, essentially a team for the future, gave themselves some I don't flexibility. Know. Right? I don't know if I'd say it went as everyone expected. <laughs> no. I don't think a lot of people but, actually thought Carey Price and Tarasenko were going to go, though. I don't Really? I don't think a lot of people really, truly believed it. We, okay. we kind of <laughs> hinted, but we kind of know, like, no way. Right? It would have been cool to see, but I don't think they were going to really. I don't know. I kind of expected them to take one or the other at least, but one one superstar, somebody, yeah. mm-hmm. somebody as opposed they're, to basically nobody. Their D's pretty. I mean, solid, Yanni Gord though. isn't nobody, but 
Yeah, Yanni Gord's not a nobody. Tanev's not a nobody. I think their D's not bad. I think they got pretty solid D, D core. Right? I mean, if the idea is that you need a big, big name player or a big face to put on billboard outside your arena, then yeah, Tanev was a good choice. <laughs> We're crazy, remember, guys. I'll remember what I said about him. Danny Danny uh, sent the picture of Tanev with his long locks. And I said, that's not my Brandon Tanev. He looks socially adjusted. <laughs> so I was kind of glad. Like, I was kind of glad. Like, they're like, all right, like, just let this guy go. <laughs> but I mean, outside of Giordano, yeah, not a lot of uh, fanfare, really. And it was also the first time. They're sitting at like 28 mil now, right? <laughs> I think is what I saw. Yeah. yeah that's not are they even at the, the basement? And. And they already, like, they they already started trading guys away. Like they traded they? Pitlick. Yeah, they traded. Yeah, they him got away. rid of Pitlick was the, the next day. He was a Kraken <laughs> for like twenty six hours. Yeah. yeah, raised the jersey to the rafters. That's right. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, free agency starts actually when the podcast comes out. It, free agency will already be going on. So. They'll have Lando and a few other guys already in Kraken jerseys, so it'll be great. Yeah. (laughs) 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 I'm just going to spray gas on that fire. (laughs) Only time will tell. (laughs) I just don't. Right, Riggs? I mean, you you follow more Colorado stuff than I do because I'm in, I'm too deep in other, other, you know, other teams for obvious reasons, but what, do you think they get a deal done? Like probably not at this point, right? Um I don't know. Like everybody today was really negative about it. Everything that I saw, everybody was like, you know, they they've reached an impasse and they're not going to come together on the term or the dollar amount. So he's going to go somewhere else and then it's like, okay, who could fit him in, blah blah blah. But I think at the end, like Wednesday afternoon, he'll be signed with the Avs again. I don't think it works any other way. Do you think it's because he wants to win now? And that does, that team truly does give him like, unless he could somehow sign with like the Avs or, you know, Vegas, who else is really like, would you go, oh, they're like top four team to contend, right? Like with cap space. Uh, last week I said it would be interesting if like Toronto could figure something out. Like if they could work some sort of magic in, in his deal and, you know, let guys go or move guys out, which it appears like they're trying to do uh, based on what's happening with a lot of their guys going out to Edmonton and some other things happening. But can they fit him in on a $60 million deal after they've got like three guys that are on, you know, 10 million AV? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, Minnesota, Minnesota with the buyout, the two buyouts, they have, uh, why would he go there though? Like, I, uh, yeah, good point. But, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Detroit has a ton of cap space, Carolina, but I don't, Carolina's not ponying up any dough. We know that. No, no. They're, so, 
for whatever reason, they're tightening, tightening the old purse strings and yeah, know, that always goes well. I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> goes well. I don't get it, man. Cause they've been on this like upward trajectory the last couple years and yeah. now they're going to start like, I don't know, jettisoning, jettisoning guys out of whatever they're doing. I don't, I don't get it. Like well, not major pieces, but like also guys that contributed significantly to some of the success in the last few playoff runs for them. So what the hell's going on down there? Lando's not going there. Let's just say that. No, now. yeah. He's not <laughs> he's not gonna sign no. there if he gets to Wednesday. Yeah, what the hell are the Canes doing? Yeah, that <laughs> Najokovic trade. Well, and he only signs for like he signed, I don't know. The man. rumor was if he went to arbitration, he would get like three million. He signed in Detroit for three point five. For three and a half. So like, yeah. like we're like we're not talking like Bobrovsky, Carey Price, Vasilevsky <laughs> money. We're talking like a lot of the starting goaltenders in the league make five point five to seven point five. With like Bob, Carey, and Vassy making in the tens, and you let a guy who took you to the playoffs did pretty well. He was in your organization since they drafted him, and they let him walk for a half a mil. Like that's what we're talking about. You know what? And that (laughs) that that whole like developing somebody, and then just letting them go like that. That bothers me to no end because you spent all that time and all those resources on that player and then to ship them off that way over like 500K. Like, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> and they can't be in cap sense. trouble. Nope. No, I don't think. No. 52 mil. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're fine. <laughs> That's their total cap hit. They're Jesus. fine. And, and they're trying a- to be the Florida Marlins. Ned <laughs> Ned posted uh a better than 92% save percentage in the playoffs. Like you that if you have a goalie that's playing that well for you, you're going to win games if you can score goals. So maybe you just give him the money that he needed to stay and you prioritize scoring goals their top line is great they've got that first line is set they need to figure out that middle six their defense looked really good and has looked really good for like three years four years they need scoring so that should have been the priority not like oh how do we figure out how to pay our starting goaltending like (laughs) So who are they know. left with now? They have three goaltenders now. They have Razik, Jonathan Bernier, and Bernier. Yeah. In the trade for Nadeljkovic, Nadeljkovic, whatever. Ned, Just you know, Ned. Do you know where he, do you know where he's from? Just call know, him Ned. Yeah. Do you know where he's from? Um, that sounds like a Czech name. No, no. Where's he's he American? From? He's from Parma, Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> He's from Ohio. <laughs> That's funny. 
I'm probably way off with the actual Aaron. What it's pronounced? Anyway. It's pronounced wa. It's pronounced yeah. yeah. <laughs> but here's something that actually, John, you might be able to help me out with this. In that okay. trade, they traded Ned for Bernier, who yep. is now a UFA. But yeah, what's what's the point of it's trading right. a UFA? You get negotiation but rights right off the bat. If he's a if he's a UFA, what what does that entail? Like, what kind of rights do you get on an unrestricted free agent? You get Isn't first negotiate. First negotiate. Yeah, you can negotiate right. with them first. So, so for example, but like, he could just Lando. say no, and then yeah. test and then the market. Like, yeah. let's and then use, say, okay, now I didn't get any offers, so I'll take your deal. <laughs> yeah, and I'll like, use like Lando. Like so let's say a week silly. ago, a week ago. Let's just say Colorado would have traded Lando to the New York Rangers, who do have the cap space. Let's just say, hypothetically, they would have had the full week up until technically Wednesday at like noon when free agency opens to essentially the only people that could negotiate with him. Colorado would have given up the rights because they traded Lando there and New York would have sole ownership of his rights. And that's it. And those, it seems like those rights to, are worthless for the most part. No, nah, it's good because <laughs> they, they could do an extension. Let's get deal done. They do extensions off of that. Exactly. Like, you could do an eight year versus seven. Right. Huh. I guess if, if I'm a player, I don't see the point. If I'm about to be a UFA, why wouldn't I let the market? I, I guess maybe it's a, it's a. It's it's like a good sign of a sign of goodwill to to negotiate with the one team first or something like that. Maybe it's a better sign that you want to be with the org or something like that. But it seems to me that if I'm trying to make money, then I just I'd let the market tell me what I'm worth. But, they already know. They already know. Mm-hmm. Like everybody that's involved already knows. Like the the agents mm-hmm. have all like their agencies have staffs that have done all the research. They know what's the market's going to pay them. There's even though it's not supposed to happen or whatever, officially there are discussions that go on teams could give the player permission and the age of permission to go find deals or whatever. Like there's all this stuff Mm. that goes on. Like they already, everybody already knows what the number is. And so now it's like, how does each side get the best deal, you know, out of, out of that and i think for him it's more more than anything else with him he's pissed off that colorado didn't try to do anything in between the end of the season and and this this week coming up with with free agency he wanted them to do the extension so it was all locked in he's the guy he's the captain you know he's coming back it's going to be him ranting in and thick boy running the show you know like the whole thing <laughs> but he's i think he's felt like he's been dangled out there now and he's pissed off about it for whatever reason who knows you know could be there could be some there could be like a family concern or like you know there might be something right, else going yeah. on that he needed that he wanted that deal or he needed that deal you know sooner or, or whatever but he's like, it's a, I always say it, it's a, you know, smoke and fire thing. Like there's a lot of stuff coming out the last few days about him being very upset. 
about the situation and potentially hmm. becoming full, you know, unrestricted. Guess we'll see on Wednesday. <laughs> Going oh, yeah, back and- to Carolina, though, <laughs> real quick. Yeah. Of Bernier, Reimer, and Razik. I mean, they're all UFAs, I believe, right? They're all UFAs. They're all UFAs. What's also funny is that Bernier made three million a year last year. (laughs) 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 He's not going to make it his next time around, but uh, it's just funny to be the only thing I can think of. The only thing I can think of. So, like, the only UFA goalie that I could really think that's like kind of worth. I wouldn't even say. Well, they've got to be under three mil. It has to be apparently (laughs) Freddie Anderson. But I mean, really, like I like Freddie Anderson. I think he's a capable goalie, but I don't think that's an upgrade necessarily for Carolina. And you're going to have to pay him more. Like, yeah, more experience. Could come up that. It's a really perplexing move. Yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, because I think that they got. They got like a third round pick or something like that. And Dougie, Dougie Hamilton's leaving and they traded Jake. And the Dougie Hamilton thing didn't make any sense either. Like, why wouldn't you? Right. Why wouldn't you (laughs) figure something out for him? He's a, he's a key piece of that blue line. (laughs) And he's a good piece. Like not just key, he's good. Like they had, like Slavin has missed time the last, the last two playoffs right and they were able to advance so i like i don't understand yeah it's just the only thing uh, that that canes fan can hope for is canes fan fan fans (laughs) the canes fan (laughs) right fan fan (laughs) we know i only know i only know one one. we know i only know one (laughs) i might (laughs) we only know one (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the only thing that Canes fans can hope for is that somebody's got a really big plan and free agency is going to just turn the team in a completely different direction than it looks like they're going. If, but, uh, if, I guess we'll if, see. I, if I was a fan of that team, I would be concerned that they're trying to save their pennies to make a really big, you know, high dollar multi multi-year ufa signing this week that will become a boat anchor contract Mm. in the future that would be my fear is that they're well they have 29 million to work with so they could do a couple of those (laughs) (laughs) but yeah that's that's the one thing like as a penguin fan i'm kind of happy like we haven't we haven't done a lot of that i mean we signed bad contracts let's not forget they're in cap hell right now they're trying to get out cap hell but Mm. you know they don't have a Tarasenko like deal or, you know, they have kind of the Jack Johnson issue right now that they're going to have the one point, like 1.6 on the cap because of the buyout and blah, blah, blah. But like the worst thing you could, or two problems, I think when you have a high dollar contract, number one, the player is an appreciated value and you can't move them. So you either have to eat money or essentially get nothing back or, you have kind of what St. Louis sounds like they have, where it's a contract with a pretty decent sized tag for a guy who is semi damaged and he doesn't want to play there. It sounds like that's even worse because then as an organization, you have no strength moving him. You're not negotiating from a position of strength. I would say mm-hmm. Buffalo's in the same, same realm too. 
And then you have the other reports too with Jack Eichel that they haven't released the medical records to some of the teams that have been inquiring about him, which is another problem because, I mean, we talked about it like a few weeks ago. Like that's a, if I was a team trying to buy the Jack Eichel car, if you will, like I need to see the Carfax. Like yep. <laughs> I don't want to see it. And, and if you like, there's a re- yeah, I just bought a vehicle. There's a reason I bought brand new. I want to be the only one with Carfax. There it is. You know, Mild, like, <laughs> mild fender bender. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> mild road rage with middle finger and obscenities. <laughs> Yeah. Right. I mean, I can't. I mean, if you're Carolina, do you want to get into that, like that dead weight contract nonsense? I don't think that's something they want. Nobody should. Nobody should want to get into that. That that would be my fear. Like, like not even just for them. Like any of these teams that seem to be like saving up their salary cap space for whatever reason. Like, like that would be my fear is that they. Yeah. And go like they go out and they sign some like mid career UFA that has had success in the past, but is starting to go into their declining years. So basically, you're paying for their past, and you're not going to reap the benefits of that. Uh, that would that would be my concern. And then two years into the deal, now it's something you can't move. So you're in a, either in a buyout situation or whatever, you know, like that would be, that would be my concern. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the Eichels and the Landeskogs and so on. Like if, if you're really looking to draw that talent and the only way you can do it is with money, then that's, it's going to be short term game, long gain, maybe short term, maybe long term yeah. loss. Yeah. Because if you, yeah. if you go out there and you spend that money and that's the only player you can bring in, okay, now it's the only player that you could bring in. What are you doing right. around them? If one guy's not going to, no. one guy, adding one guy to your roster is not going to win you no. the cup. Adding two guys like that is not going to win you the cup. It's no. just not going to happen. No. And again, going back to Carolina, they need to figure out that middle six. They need to figure out like is is Nino gonna start producing a little bit more? He's starting to get into the back half of his career. He's been around a, a minute. Like there's they have those type of players that right. you know, maybe there's there are better ways to attack this this problem. Just don't like if I was a fan of that team, like again, I would just be like, please guys, don't go out and sign somebody to some like seven mil plus five year plus deal. Like, do not do it, please. Because that's just gonna right. be <laughs> it's gonna be a boat anchor for them cap wise. So whatever. Tom Dundon sucks. you know he's pulling the strings Mm. (laughs) yeah he's i i just i just don't get that guy like you heard all the stuff initially when he came on he slashed a bunch of social and marketing people and then he said like scouting could be done virtually because he didn't want to play gas bills and stuff and travel expenses and like i mean that's just not that that to me like (laughs) 
and I and I get it. Like I, you know, I'm sure I'm not saying any scout was milking it because that profession is insanely tough, and a lot of scouts in the NHL operate on one year deals, which is insane because the work they put in for that year or 18 month block to make, for example, this last draft happen. If they're on a organization that essentially cleans house in their scouting department, that player could become something three, four years down the line, maybe even five or six. And they're long gone in another organization. Like their work isn't even, you know, it, it's more on the development right. staff how you, and how you how you exercise some it. Some of those yeah. scouts, how do they even quantify that they've done a good job? It's like, yeah, I, I rated this guy as a pretty good choice, but did he? <laughs> then I was gone the next two years before he was drafted yeah. or whatever. Like, how do you even quantify that you did yeah. a good job? <laughs> well, and, and if you notice too, like some organizations, so I would say like Tampa Bay, I would definitely categorize them as a good drafting organization. Every year, they try to target a specific type of player. They want guys that are fast, very skilled. And to be honest, like height-wise and size, they're kind of, they don't seem to have a preference. They're more like, we want to find the best value picks we can, possibly regardless of where they played, whoever, anywhere. They don't care. And then you have other you know teams that do have a type, if you will, and that doesn't work out for them because guess what? That type of player, if you like, you know, we're talking about a type of player, uh, you know, however you want to call it, like a silhouette of what you want that could shift from year to year. And how many GMs after, you know, the cup final happens are like, we need players like this because that, (laughs) that team won. And it's totally like, look at last year was Tampa and Dallas. Okay. This year was Montreal and Tampa. So Tampa had a formula that worked, but Tampa played two different teams in the cup finals, two completely different rosters. So if you're looking at teams going, oh, we got to be more like that, and it just doesn't work. Yeah. I want to talk about something that John said last night in the lot, actually. I think it was last night you said. You were talking about how uh, some of the guys – you think you see him on the ice, you see him skate or whatever, and you think to yourself that that dude's probably huge. And then you see him out of the pads, and then they're like nothing. I forget who you were talking about, John. But you said I that, was. Was it Oshi? I, I was talking, talking about, about Oshi when Eric and I saw him. He was a Dude, lot. Hold on, before you start, wide. before you start, that is really weird because, um, my team's goalie and I, we were the first two in the room last night. And a uh, third guy came in and he had been at um, the hockey shop down the road and he was checking out some equipment, looking at new skates. He did the Bauer 3D fit thing or whatever. And while he was doing it, uh, he saw Mike Green getting his kid fitted for skates. But he didn't he didn't recognize him at first because he he just saw a dude with like all these arm tattoos and the hand tattoo and all that. And then he saw him just and he thought was he was like, a hipster. He was like, <laughs> he's like, that guy, that guy looks really familiar. And then he like got like closer. I don't know what the story was, but then he like got a good look at him and he's like, Oh, it's Mike Green. He looks a lot <laughs> shorter than his listed you know, six one or whatever they listed them <laughs> at and the, and the thing. Wow. And then, and then I told the story about Oshi to those guys. So that's really weird that you actually talked about it 
this basically at the same time. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, somehow we were talking. So Eric and I had the privilege of skating with Oshi a few years ago when we were doing mites together. And Eric and I gave him the skills and the necessarily knowledge to go on and win a Stanley Cup. Because in the time, he didn't have that. So, I thought that skate. Up. I think no it was for Washington. I think it was my uh, little battle station I was running uh, on the wall there. <laughs> I think that helped him out a lot. Yeah. You got some ideas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, where I was where I was going with so it weird. was that like like John was saying that that Oshie his shoulders aren't nearly as wide as looks like he is on the ice, right? Like. He's he's not a little guy or anything, but he's he looks big. He looks not really as big. big as he is on the ice. So the way I describe him is he plays real big, right? He plays big. He's always yes. like, he's very physical. He'll initiate contact even when he has the puck, like all that kind of stuff. Uh so there's a there's sort of a second half to like when we met Oshi. So that was like the triple A. They were doing like a thing where he would go around to ranks and skate with kids or whatever part of that was if you submitted like social media posts to whatever hashtag they were using they would pick like random kids to go uh to like a triple a suite at caps game and then meet him after the game like go downstairs or whatever so my son got picked for it uh unfortunately there were only only two two people were allowed in the suite, so my wife went with my son in the suite because I've been, I've lived that suite life before. I know how it is. And, uh, <laughs> and my buddy, donate again. My, my buddy, my buddy and I, non hockey buddy and I, um, got seats upstairs. Well, then they invited us to come down to the suite, so we went down there, and then we got to go downstairs and meet Oshi. So there's a picture of my buddy and I standing with Oshi and he only comes like up just above my shoulder. And I'm like in between six, one, six, two, like six, one and a half, something like that. He like his, the top of his head came just above my shoulder on street shoes. So he's, he's not that tall, but I think he's just super strong and he plays big, like, right. You know. mm-hmm. Speaking of playing big, one of the guys that we talk about a lot, thick boy hockey, Nathan McKinnon. I saw something today. It was him and his his good buddy Sid playing <laughs> golf with uh, two other no name podcasters who used to be Penguins uh, players. <laughs> you know, <laughs> no namers. You know, don't even pay attention to them. Shots fired. But, uh, <laughs> Oh, oh boy. McKinnon's the littlest guy there. Like by far. And you talk about playing big. He looks massive on the ice, but not not so much out of pads, not so much on a golf course, I guess. But the dude's dude plays big. Thick boy hockey is is no joke. He just Uh runs over people on the ice. (laughs) It's it's really weird. I don't know. I just thought it struck me as that I was thinking about that's a really weird phenomenon. That kind of reminds me, this was years and years ago. So Eric and I have been to a few Bears games. One time we stayed out to kind of watch a bunch of the Bears come because Eric had his son there. So him and I were just kind of standing 
And Eric just said, he goes, hey, when Chris Bork comes out, you should take a picture with him because him and I during the game, I looked at him from the ice and I said straight up to Riggs and I am five one. I'm a very short individual. And I made the joke. I was like, he's like two inches taller than me, like joking. <laughs> and Eric goes, no, he's not. You're an idiot. Well, <laughs> Chris Bork and I took a photo together. And afterwards, Eric's like, all right, maybe not two inches, but it's not that far off. <laughs> like, <laughs> Chris Bork, not that big. But at the American Hockey League level, we mentioned it, was a beast. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Beast. He's sick. Yeah. Super talented, <laughs> great hand-eye, great vision for the ice. One of the best power play point men in the American League ever. Like, no, <laughs> no clearing attempts went by him. He just knocked them down. It's amazing. Amazing to watch. Playing big. It's a thing. Yeah, man. Absolutely. I was like Danny a few weeks ago. He ran over somebody on the way to the net, scored a goal. We called him Eric Lindros. <laughs> I've done that a couple times, though. Yeah. yeah. You just barrel Don't your way to the Daniel's net. Way. And that Heisman, that guy? You look like a... You look like a young Franco, <laughs> uh, like a young spit tank, like a, a young Jerome Bettis just running people over on your way into the end zone. He came at me aggressively. I didn't like that. <laughs> didn't like the look of it. Danny just stiff armed him, gave him the Heisman. <laughs> and so ends another episode of Beers in the Lot. Let me take a second to ask you to rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. Follow us on the social medias at Beers in a Lot. And join us on Discord at beersinalot.com slash Discord. If you really want to help us out, check out Patreon at beersinalot.com slash Patreon. And score yourself a koozie or a pint glass in the process. Thanks again for listening, everybody. We'll catch you next week.